Welcome to the Agency Builders Podcast, where in weekly episodes, Andre and Christian from the KnowledgeX team will provide actionable advice on how to build an agency business by interviewing guests who have already done it and who are currently doing it successfully. So if you're wanting to build an agency or if you're currently building an agency, be sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy the free value. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Agency Builders Podcast. Today, we have the man, Ty Frankel, on for an interview. He's the founder of LeadLink, a LinkedIn automation software dropping later this summer in July. He's an entrepreneur. He's a personal brand. I'm sure you guys have seen his tweets all over Twitter. He's been blowing up recently. So how's it going, man? Christian, I'm great, man. How are you? Doing good, man. Happy to be here. Happy to have you here. Good, good, good. Sweet to be here. Yeah, for sure. So for anyone who's not really familiar with you, I'm sure, you know, most people listening are, but for anyone who doesn't know who you are, do you want to just give a brief background into, you know, who you are, what you do, what you're currently up to? Yeah, I'll give you a little 30 second thing. So I'm Ty, Ty Frankel, born in Israel. I'm raised in Israel and Iowa back and forth. Um, When I was 14, I had a hip hop blog. I used to interview some pretty famous underground rappers like Master Ace, um, The Roots, John Connor. And I started producing music at 14. And um, eventually I built a company. We had, you know, did music for TV and film, worked with Universal Music, Red Bull, Sony, BMG, Warner, all the big boys, had music in Fortnite, NBA 2K, Keanu Reeves movies, Nicolas Cage, um, Robert De Niro movies. I mean, my royalty statements are about 200 pages right now. So all these TV shows that you you watch, you probably heard our music. Um, I had a roster of 50 artists and um, eight employees in-house. And disbanded it in November. So seven months ago, since then, I've just been going super hard on Twitter, been able to grow from 1,700 to over 19,000 um, today, and really building my brand on a lot of business system stuff, a lot of cold outreach stuff, a lot of building a culture, hiring. Um, that's what I was able to do with, with my agency, Shutdown Media. And, and I'm glad to be spreading that, you know, spreading the word and, and teaching a lot of people now. And super, yeah, Lead Link is dropping in. July, hopefully it's, I've been saying, you know, we're about to do beta for the past in the next day or two for the past month and a half, but hopefully beta, we're about to actually do it in the next day or two um, and then drop that July and just many exciting things um, in, on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah, dude, lots of success, lots of different paths that you've obviously taken um, in your entrepreneurial journey. So it's cool to hear my question, I guess, for you is to kind of start where you started, which was in, you know, the music industry. So it sounds like you were able to take your passion for hip hop and just the culture around music and turn it into a business idea. So like, what was that like? And what were some big experiences more importantly? Cause I did something similar with like shoes and whatnot. I started like right. a business and I had a bunch of learning. So like, what were some of the biggest takeaways that you learned from doing that? that you're applying like every single day now with the businesses you're focused on? Man, a lot of client relationship stuff. Like, you know, I went to dinners with Red Bull and rooftop parties with Warner and with BMG and Universal visited their office a bunch, Christmas parties, things like that. So I really got in close with these fortune 500 companies and you know, there's a way to do client relationships and there's a way to do client relations to where they love you and they, they feel like you're their friend and you are friends like for real. You're really friends and it just really elongates the, you know, that your churn is, you know, you're going to work with these guys for years, sometimes decades. So um, that's something I learned. I mean, I, I learned a lot more. Um, I learned you shouldn't, I learned it's really fucking hard to make money in an industry like music. <laughs> it's, 
it's so much easier to make money in like um, in marketing and agency and info products and SaaS and things like that. So music, graphics, anything creative where you can't like quantify your offer um, in monetary terms, it's like, there's so much resistance to making money. And I would recommend anyone listening to this, any kid or teenager that hasn't gotten into an industry yet, go into marketing, go into sales. Like if you're, if you really want to make a ton of money and like have true freedom and control, go into marketing, go into sales. Um, those are true, um, malleable, transferable skills that you'll learn that any business you get into, you'll be able to print money. So that's what I would recommend. Hey, hundred percent, man. I mean, we're all in the same boat here doing, you know, marketing and info products and stuff like that. So definitely can uh, vouch for that. I guess you could say, um, I guess my next question is, you know, you, I mean, you're saying how it's tough to make money in the music space, but you obviously were pretty successful with what you were doing. What was it like to one day decide, I don't really want to do this anymore and pivot to something completely new and just start from scratch. Was that hard? Was it a, a split second decision? Like what was your thought process? Man, that was crazy. It's a crazy story. So it's like, I always have had trouble with like employees because we were just running on thin ice. Like my company shut down media. We made 600 K last year, 2020 during Corona and 150 K 200 K profit, something like that. And all of our employees were either Filipinos, like from onlinejobs.ph, like six to 12 to $13 an hour or fresh out of college, Western kids. I had a kid from Spain, awesome dude named Mane. Um, had a girl named Kelsey from New York, a guy named Ray from LA. So it was like all these fresh out of college kids, you're paying them like 15 to $20 an hour and the Filipinos probably like six to $12 an hour. And we were still only making like 150,000 profit out of 600,000 and $110,000 of that or 110, 120 went through myself individually. So for like tax purposes, I had to pay personal like income tax on it, like individual income tax, because we got, you know, we get royalties. We were a service provider. We made the music for these companies. They bought it from us and they were the publisher. Basically I'm not going to get too much into it, but these royalty companies, we were on the musician side. So our company were like musicians and it, the royalties had to go through myself personally. So the business was just a service provider we didn't own anything. We sold all the music we made. Of course, I'm still making royalties in the back end. All of our musicians are, but we didn't do that. So it's like, mm, it's, it was frustrating. Um, we were kind of at a wall. And then I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's just make, I'll make the best music in the history of the industry. And we already did, but I was like, all right, let me make the best music in the history of the industry and put it out as my own label, as my own distributor. And I had a couple mentors in the industry. One guy, Russell Emanuel, CEO of, um, now EMI, EMI production music, they're like 50, hundred million dollar a year company owned by Sony. And he's like, Ty, you know, it's going to take you five years to break even on this distribution company. You're going to need millions of dollars in marketing. And I'm like, fuck dude. And then I talked to this guy, Daniel, Daniel Holter, who, who's one of my really great friends in the industry, 40, 45, 50 year old guy who's been through a ton, sold companies, sold record labels for, for millions to these big majors. And he's like, yeah, he's right. Like it's going to take you five years. And this was back in like October, November of last year. So I'm like, fuck, like I want to, my goal is hundred million by 30. So it's like, it's going to take me five years to break even on this new distribution company. Um, no, that's not it. So I was like, all right, cool. That combined with employees coming in and quitting. And then my ops manager who I was mentoring, I had, we had a great relationship. She just quit and just blocked me on all platforms. And I was like, that was it. And I was like, like, that was like, I was like dumbfounded. I was like, what? Cause like I, we, I was mentoring her. We had a great relationship. So I thought, 
and she quit. And that was, that was back to back with like two admin assistants coming in for two weeks and leaving. They weren't good fits. They were slackers. One girl got like super anxiety attack. So I was like, all right, like this is way too much, like way too much work for way little money. I'm not going to hit my goals. So then I quit and I started Twitter and I started, um, shut down emails, my, uh, my cold email agency, um, cold outreach agency. And that was the best decision I've ever made in my career. <laughs> it's so cool yeah. to hear. It's so cool to hear. Cause Christian and I were, we always go back and forth cause we just started on Twitter like a month ago. And, and I always say it's like so far our highest ROI decision ever. So like in, in regards to Twitter specifically, when you started that, did you have the intention to do what you're currently doing now, which is like turn it into a brand and sell products and, and make partnerships? Or was it more just like, let's see what can happen here? Dude, Andre, after the, after the podcast, I want to show you a couple things that I built on Notion, like these resources, but it's, it's crazy. Like how many revenue streams a personal brand built on just straight value has. My mom has a Facebook group, 10,500, 11,000 people, but it's about cooking. And it's like, it's hard to monetize that. But if you're teaching people about how to make money, it's the easiest, it's literally the easiest thing ever to monetize. So I'm really glad I did it. And I didn't know from the start, I was like, from the start, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go super hard. Like from November 21st, if you look at my stats from November 21st to now, I think the first month I got like 3 million impressions. I had like 1700 followers every month. It's been consistent. I've gotten two to 3000 followers this month. It's like 4,000. It's crazy. But, um, every month it's been very consistent. I had 3 million impressions the first month since then it's been six to 7 million impressions every month. Um, I didn't know it was going to get this crazy. And I didn't know that there were this many possibilities to monetize it. And it was going to be this leverageable at the start, but I'm glad I still pushed through. I knew it was going to be like from the first couple of weeks, I was like, wow, this is insane. But it just got, it just kept getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And it's like, I'm in bed and I'm talking to people that are like, yo, owners, you know, they own like SaaS companies doing five, 10 mil a year. They own VC companies right? They're doing M&A. So, and that's just because of my Twitter. It's because of the value I put out every day and the social proof that I've built. And just like, I have this huge skill set, and now it's just, you know, through telling everyone about it, proving authority and social proof. Now everyone knows I don't have to be like, Hey, I'm Ty and I can do this really well. And I can do this really well. I'm really good at this. No, they know. So right when we get on a call or when I reach out to them, they already know what it is. They already know that I'm, I'm a high value person. So yeah, I highly recommend that. If you have like a high level skill set, tell the world about it on Twitter for sure. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. I mean, even since we started, we've just been you know tweeting threads about agency work and sales and fulfillment and scripting and automations and all that shit, and people resonate with it. Like the same handful of people are always engaging with us. We get a lot of DMs, you know, like yeah. asking questions and like, oh, thanks for the value. So it's, I mean, it's fulfilling <laughs> and it's it's fulfilling and it's like. I guess, validation to know that what you're doing is, is good and can help a lot of people. So it's been sick so far. Um, 100%. I guess my next question is, you know, you have a ton of, you have eight, like 18,000 followers. I'm sure the common listener on here doesn't have even, even like even close to what Andre and I have with his account. Um, what would you say is the best way to, to network and provide value on Twitter if you're just getting started with say like a few hundred followers and you wanna, you know, make hmm. some connections? Accomplish something outside of Twitter. So you have, you, you know what, like, if you looked at my threads, like, I put out valuable threads since day one. Like, you can go back to December, um, late, Nove late November, early December, and like, I've been putting out, like, I think in my eyes, really high level threads. 
And that's what I would recommend. I would recommend becoming valuable before you go super hard on Twitter because you see all these platitude accounts. And the thing is great. They're building a platitude account and they're building a business. And some of them are doing really damn well. And I respect it. I really do respect it. But they're doing that because they have no other value to add. Whereas someone like me, someone like Nick Abraham, someone like you guys, you guys have a lot of value to add. You know, we have a lot of value to add. That's like straight actionable, you know, take this, make money with it. Um, so that's how I, what I would recommend. And then in terms of networking, when I was starting out, I was doing hundred to 150 tweets a day, just replying and, and five to five to seven of those were standalone tweets. And then a hundred plus of those were replies to people. And it was just adding value in the replies, not tweeting like great tweet, but actually adding on to their replies. And maybe, maybe they missed something, or maybe you're making another point that's related and just adding value. Um, people eventually respect that. Like, and they see, wow, okay, this person's high value. So they're going to follow you back the big accounts. Now you have a relationship and it's just a snowball. So now all the big accounts follow you. And it's like, whenever someone clicks your profile and they follow, let's say a hundred people that follow you, they're like, wow, they see that when they click your profile and didn't follow you yet. A hundred of the people that I follow also follow this guy. This guy must, you know, be saying some important shit, like all these important people or whatever follow him. So yeah, definitely build a skill and, and become valuable outside of Twitter. And then just do go crazy on the replies and actually add real tangible value to the replies. Yep. Yeah, no, that's so important. The first thing is, is one thing that I feel like everyone misses is like, you actually have to go out and accomplish something or build a skill set. And I mean, I feel like we've all been there where we tried to set up like a social media account when we weren't that successful or didn't have much uh, intel. Like I used to do it on LinkedIn way back like as I was running a business and figuring things out. Um, and it, I mean, it worked, but it, like you said, it's like a platitude account. It didn't feel right. Um, I couldn't help as much as I wanted to, but now like after we took time off and actually built a business and then came back to the social media game, it's like effortless content ideas, actual value being provided. You could productize it. So there's a lot to be said uh, with that. Just go and build the skill set. Yeah. So in regards to building a skill set and building a business, uh, one topic that I always admired uh, your content or, uh, in specific is around hiring and building teams. Cause I think that's mm. something that a lot of people struggle with because they take like the solopreneur route and they're always doing the business on their own, right? The business is running them. Uh, so take us through the process of, okay, you started an agency, you proved the concept. Now, how do you go from, it's just Ty Frankel to it's, it's an actual agency ran by, you know, different people, what roles did you look to hire for? Take us through that entire process. Yeah. So I actually wrote a, wrote a thread about this, like hiring your first five employees, right? So what you want to do is you want to systemize from day one. So don't wait to systemize, systemize it when you're a freelancer, like, okay, what do I do every day? Sit down, write it down. Um, you know, maybe I sit down, I um, check my email. Okay. How do you check your email? What do you look for? What kind of labels do you put on your emails? right? How do you manage your inbox? Create a system for that, right? Maybe you um, talk to clients, communicate with clients, create a system for that. Maybe you work on your project, create a system for that, create systems for absolutely everything. So that when you do hire your first person, they will know exactly what to do. They're not going to come in and be confused on what to do. You're going to have all these routines, all these tasks on what to do, because your first person, especially is not going to be some kind of genius. You're going to hire a an admin assistant from the Philippines, most likely onlinejobs.ph. That's what I recommend. 
And they're going to be smart. Don't get me wrong. Hopefully, if you hire right, they're going to be smart. But they're not going to be like this critical thinker that just is super invested in your business and help you move it forward. So you're going to hire an admin assistant for six to seven dollars an hour on onlinejobs.ph. And in order to do that, you need to, they're going to come in, they're going to need for everything to be incredibly systemized. And that person's going to come in, they're going to take 10, 15, 20 hours, 30 hours potentially off of your plate every single week. So now you're able to focus on more important things. And then you slowly, maybe you hire another admin assistant, right? Then you hire a head of admin or promote one of your admin assistants to head of admin. Then you hire an operations manager and you kind of move up. You keep systemizing more and more in the key for yourself as, as the CEO and the owner um, is to keep focusing in, on higher level tasks. So like maybe I do, you know, you do admin. Okay, that's a six dollar an hour task. Hire for that. You check your email, you manage your inbox. Maybe that's a 10, 12 dollar an hour task. Okay, you hire for that. And then now you're only doing 15, 20, 30, 50, 100 dollar an hour tasks. Eventually you're only gonna be doing business strategy. You're only gonna be doing business development. You're only gonna be building relationships, networking, um, building partnerships, the most high leverage skills, which are worth thousands of dollars an hour, right? Eventually that's your goal. So once you have, you know, five employees, then you have 10, 15, 20 employees, you're at hundred K plus a month. That's when you're only going to be focusing on the most high level shit. You're going to have two, three people reporting to you. And then all your other employees are going to report to your, you know, to the people that report to you. Right. So it's just setting up all these systems from day one, is absolutely crucial. I would highly recommend it. Guys, hop, if you're listening to this, get a subscription to Notion. It's notion.so. Get a subscription. Start building your systems from day one. Every single system at the top, what? Describe what it is, when, how often you do it, why, how does it fit into the macro picture? And then you're going to have a step-by-step process, very detailed, include template emails, template messages, um, make sure everything's very organized, very detailed, color-coded, all that good stuff. And then after that, you're going to have a video run-through of you actually doing the system and explaining your thought process behind it. So if someone's doing the system and they get lost with the steps, they don't understand something, boom, they just play the video, they know what to do. And then after that, you're going to have all the resources linked. So I have a header under that, links and pages maybe that have to do with this, any page that they would have to go to, maybe they have to go to Dropbox, Gmail, Google Workspace. They have to access a certain sheet. Link those all. Obviously, you're going to hyperlink them on the step-by-step process, but also put them all at the bottom on the resources. And that's how you create a high-level system and just do that for every single thing you do every day. That's how you systemize. Damn, bro. <laughs> I mean, you can't get any more actionable than that. You just gave a, a system on how to create a system for anyone listening. So I love it. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, okay. So say someone makes all these systems, they delegate and outsource some stuff and they have a bunch of free time on their hands. Like for your, for your uh, case, you went out and you built a SaaS product. What do you think, or what do you advise that someone does once their time's freed up and once their business is highly leveraged? Do you recommend they go for, you know, a SaaS play and info products? And then how do they go about doing that? Great question, man. What? Hmm. You can go, you can go in a multitude of ways. The key is leveraging yourself up. So you always want to be working with companies that make more money and that have higher margins. So it's like at the start, okay, let's say you do it. You're a cold outreach agency, right? So you're, what you're doing is you're basically filling the top of the sales pipeline for these companies and you're you're booking them sales appointments at the start. You might work with a freelancer, right? You might work with someone doing a couple thousand dollars a month and that's fine. And you need a place where you can fail without risk and learn. 
So I highly recommend working for free your first client or two. Eventually you can turn them into paying clients, right? After a month or two or three months, you get them, you get them really great results and you just learned best of both worlds. Um, but after that, you know, what you want to do, the question slipped my mind, man. What was the question again, brother? Yeah, just uh, <laughs> like, what do you recommend for once you have more time freed up to go about right. making like a new revenue stream with like SaaS or info products or something like that? Right, right, right. Okay, so once you get there, I think the most leverageable um, skills, you want, to, you want to leverage your time more and more. And at the start, you're going to be working with companies that are not very leveraged. So they're freelancers, they're companies making 5, 10, 20, 30K a month, whatever. Eventually start working with, Fortune 500 companies, start working with people that have deal sizes of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Start working with maybe e-com brands where they make millions of dollars a year. Um, start working with these higher end companies because they're going to be able to pay you more, right? And you're going to be able to get, you know, paid potentially revenue stream, potentially some equity. And then that's an incredibly leveraged play. So that's what you want to do as an agency owner. You start working with these low end people, work your way up to working with higher end agencies or people, whatever, and then eventually get revenue stream or equity in, in super high-end um, companies. Fortune 500, obviously you're not going to be able to get equity, but if you work with any startups, pre-seed, series A, series B, whatever that are funded, you're, you can do that if you, if you bring a lot to the table. So that's what I would recommend. And then obviously SaaS or info products, both great plays. And, and the thing about SaaS, um, the, the owner of this um, one software, I forgot the name, um, LinkedIn Outreach Automation Software, and they, the, the founder said, okay, they make 450,000 a month and then 300,000 profit. So it's like, it's like what, 66%, 67% profit. That's really good. And it's like, if you're making 450,000 as an agency, your expenses are probably going to be 250,000. You know, you're probably only going to be making 35 to 50% profit margin, right? So what's the most leveraged play, right? That's, I think that's SaaS. And it's info product as well. Info products, you make it once, it might cost you a couple thousand dollars to make. You can make tens, hundreds, thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions from it, right? Depending on the distribution you have set up. So eventually you can get into those, but also owning an agency and working with like high-end clients, getting, getting revenue streams, getting equity, that's an incredibly high, high leverage play as well. So it's really up to you. My, my high-end agency shit, info products, SaaS, that's what I would recommend. Mm, love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, the agency just cash flows and everything else. Like you could build your SaaS, you actually have cash handy from the agency to invest in development and, and all the costs associated with starting that up. Um, so yeah, this is this is a great like ecosystem of offers or business models to consider. One yeah. in specific that uh you did an extremely good job with uh in specific is the info products with, with God level first lines. I feel like that just went completely viral with cold email wizards audience and just on, you know, the Twitterverse in general. So how did that come to fruition? How did you launch it successfully? What do you attribute all that success to? Man. So yeah, we've done 650 sales, 52 K rev. Um, that was really just an in-house, like that was in-house training for my, for my copywriters with within shutdown emails. And um, I was about to launch this company, Uncivilized Music. That was my like, you know, I was like, all right, the best music in, in, the, in the history of the industry. We're going to go out and get our own clients. I was making the training to do cold outreach for that. And um, you could actually, if you watch the course, a lot of it is me doing first lines on these like sports people and like YouTubers and things like that, video game, like music supervisors. That was, that was what that was for. 
Um, how that came about, it's 11 hours of video. I didn't have to do anything extra for it other than just the marketing. And I had it and I was like, dude, this is just like, this is just, this, there's a gap in the market. No one knows how to do these first lines. Um, and they're just incredibly important in terms of writing a custom first line about your prospect, right? When doing cold outreach. And I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Um, let's put it out. So I obviously hit Daniel up. I had like around 5,000 followers at the time. This was early January of this year, six months ago, almost six. And he's like, dude, this is a fucking great idea. And um, yeah, we put it out. We partnered up. He slapped his name on it. Um, he did the, the intro as well. And he sold it to his audience. I sold it to my meager audience. I actually, I actually have a good amount of the sales myself. So <laughs> I thought, I thought he'd kill it. And he, he did kill it, but like, I, I carried my own as well. I carried my own. He wasn't like LeBron and I was like, I renewable. It was more like he was LeBron and I was like D way, maybe Chris Bosch. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Daniel's amazing and, and I love his energy and, and I'm glad we partnered up on that one. And it's basically just, you know, he was following me. I just showed my value. I grew my Twitter following a little bit. Um, I showed him how valuable I was. And then I set this course over. I'm like, dude, this is a fucking no brainer. And he's like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's put it out. So that's how that came about. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. Crushing it. Yeah. We even got DMS from like people like, can I write your first lines? I just went through Ty Frankel's first God level first. Line. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I guess my last question is now that, you know, you're launching a SaaS, you're crushing it on Twitter. What do you think is next in terms of your, you know, your brand, your career, your legacy type thing? Mm, I'm heading more into the VC world, into the tech world, startup world, making friends over there. That's a crazy ass world. <laughs> a lot of money over there. A lot of money. Um, SaaS companies are being sold for, I think, 20, 30 X, you know, annual ARR right now. Some of them. I heard I, um, one of my friends uh, Laban, who I just made here in Miami, he's an M&A consultant. He's like, um, he had a friend whose SaaS company sold for $400,000 and it was literally just an idea. They had no product. They had nothing. It was literally an idea and they sold it for 400,000. And, um, SaaS is great. I'm going to get more and more into that. Um, just making friends, man. I, I like to make friends. I like to keep adding value on Twitter. Um, lead link is out in July. I have some very exciting things, but in the next couple of months, I mean, watch out, but I can't really tell you exactly what it is yet, but you guys are going to find out in the next couple of months. Cool, man. Crazy yeah. Episode. Always exciting. Always exciting. Uh, lots of good stuff to come, especially being down in Miami. <laughs> I feel like you're just surrounded by the energy, the money, the, the tech, the innovation. So it's just going to feed into everything that you're working on. It's uh, beautiful. You guys should come down here when you get the chance for sure. Yeah. Our, our mutual friend, uh, Nick Rogers is moving down there. So we're going to, we're going to come visit and I'm pretty sure he's, yeah. You, so when we're he down, is. There, up. he's two blocks away. Yeah. He's two yeah. blocks away. Yeah. I awesome. told him to, I'm shipping a inflatable mattress and I'm moving in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure his place is big enough to do that. Yeah, literally. So. Yeah, exactly. So well, no, we'll be down sometime this summer. We'll definitely hit you up when we're awesome. When, awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So, okay, we're going to in, get into the lightning round. It's just a series of a few quick questions, um, and then we'll wrap from there. So uh, the first question of the lightning round, these questions are like a little more like, I guess, like deep, I guess you'd call them instead of more technical. But the first one is like, if you could send out uh, one tweet that's guaranteed to be seen by everyone on Twitter, uh, what would you say in that tweet? Fuck, dude. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. Here's my, here's a link to my OnlyFans. 
I mean, yeah. you never know. I mean, it's probably selling selling something, selling something. That's what it would be. Probably selling a high ticket product or a subscription or something like that. Yeah, a lot of people say that. A lot of people yeah. just say like buy my course or some shit. So, but it would be good copy. It wouldn't say buy my course. I would want it. I would want it to actually convert. So, yeah. Um, maybe something selling something to the masses that appeals to a lot of people and is relatively high ticket. So just make the most money. Hey man, if you convert zero point one percent of the world population, <laughs> I never work again. So that's fine. The next question is, what's one thing you hope to have accomplished a year from now? Um, be a millionaire. Liquid. Solid. Solid. Make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Working you got, on. You got enough of, of plans in the works to make it happen. So appreciate sure it. Be, you'll be there. And we'll have you on to talk about it. What, what does it feel like? <laughs> well, you could already have Daniel on if you want to, I think. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um what's one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you first started uh, i guess on twitter and also in the agency space a few months ago um agency space so i started in the agency space um when did i start shut down music four or five years ago i wish i would have known to systemize and grow like i'm in just systemize like and, and start hiring and investing in labor like I see way too many agency owners being like, all right, I'm going to hire this VA for $3 an hour and da -da 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 -da, I'm going to be whatever, make all this money. The VA that you hire for $3 an hour, you're going to have to micromanage the shit out of them. They're, you're going to have to baby them. They're like your little three-year-old toddler that's just throwing tantrum. You're not going to be able to let them run and do their own thing, even if it's very systemized. They're going to be shit. They're going to be not that smart. You know what I mean? People that even in the Philippines, wherever, you know, where it's a third world country, but they have some, some elements that are, that are modern, more modern first world. Um, there's some very smart people over there and it's not, and they value themselves. So tap into that market, um, pay, pay your VAs six to $12 an hour. That's a perfect range here in the U S you'd be paying someone 20 to 25 for that same exact thing. So, so count your blessings, paying someone six to 12 is, is still a bargain. Um, don't cheap out because it's going to be more expensive in the long run. That's what, that's the advice I would give myself for five, six years ago when I started my agency and um, in music. And then in terms of on Twitter, it would just be go harder, quicker. And I've been getting two, 3000 followers a month, but what if I can get five, 6,000 a month? And of course they're targeted. I want a specific follower. I don't want any, anyone. I don't want like any normie who just like hates their life and is mentally ill to follow me, but I want specific people, but there is a, a a more, you know, I could have done that better. I could have made more threads. I could have um, made more high value tweets. You can just kind of overload the, um, the algorithm. Just like if you look at Oliver, I think it's at O-L-I-V-I-E-R-C-A-N-T-I-N, Oliver Canton, Olivier Canton. Um, he got, you know, he, he got like four or 5,000 followers for two, three months in a row. Um, and he just put out high value shit, just a ton of tweets. And it's very possible. And that's what I would have done just to grow it a little quicker. And I would have taken like the product thing more seriously and the SaaS thing more seriously at the start. But, you know, you live and you learn. It's not a huge mistake. It's just a time thing. So that's what I'm working on now. Yep. Yeah, I love to hear it, man. All right. So the last one before we wrap up is what are three softwares that your, you or your agency could not survive without? Lead link. 
<laughs> well, we can survive without it now because it's not out. But once it once it drops, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put lead link in there, um, and then absolutely Notion, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with the good old trusty Zapier. Love it. Yeah, great tech yeah. stack. Great yeah, tech yeah, yeah. stack. Well, <laughs> great value all around. This just felt like a a 30 minute thread to be honest. So mm -hmm. this was uh, good to hear super valuable and i'm sure the audience can agree so uh for those of the audience that are out there that don't you know know where to find you or how to find you uh where can they follow you where they, where can they learn more where can they buy your products sign up for your SaaS, all that great stuff yeah follow me on twitter at the ty frankel t-h-e-t-y-f-r-a-n-k-e-l um also on instagram also on linkedin i'm putting stuff out on linkedin really high level shit i'm i'm starting to grow my instagram and sign up for my email list, tyfrankel.com. You get a really like huge list of niches and services, marketing services and consulting services you can provide them. It's just a really great way to start your journey and foray, foray into the marketing world. So I highly recommend doing that. Love it, man. Nothing but straight value from you. So appreciate your time. Looking forward to having you on a year from now. And uh, yes, sir, this is great. Andre Christian, thank you so much. Hey guys, it's Andre again. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen into this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with a fellow agency builder. If you'd like to continue the conversation, be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Andre Heichel Jr. And finally, if you need further help building your agency, visit our website at www.knowledgex.us. See you next time.